0: Power women podcast for your career and your life no matter what business you're in. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of the northern Power Women podcast. I'm your host Simone Roche and as we come to the close of 2021 we want to reflect on what has been a challenging but also impactful year for the northern Power women community. Over the last 12 months northern Power women has become more purposeful than ever before as we have harnessed our power for good. Last week, we launched our levelling up progress report and with it, our call to action for organisations of all sizes and sectors to join our power Up collective to be part of a movement bringing mentoring and networking opportunities to all. You can find out about more about this in the show notes, and equally to see if we've got Joe Wicks uh, joining our campaign yet, because we wanted it with the shout out. Ranjana was we want to get the country mentoring like Joe Wicks did for fitness, so that's one of the big things. Oh, is we need probably. to get Joe. Let's get. It. Yes. <laughs> but today, as I've just said, I'm delighted to be joined by a very, very special guest and friend, the wonderful Ranjana Bell. MBE. She's Director of RBA, Equality and Diversity. Ranjana has nearly 40 years, I can't believe that, of experience in the field of equality and diversity, having worked with public, private and voluntary sectors. And in 2014, she was awarded an MBE for work with the police and um, black minority ethnic communities in Tyne and weir and Northumberland. She works across all organisations to help them understand the business case for diversity, um, in particular um, relating to employment dis- Discrimination on grounds of race and disability. Wow! What oh, a what a what a what a what a show note there that is. Welcome, Ranjana. It's so lovely to see you. It's been such a long time. And the the first thing that struck me today was that wonderful Christmas hat that you came. I know that doesn't work
1: on the podcast, but properly bringing <laughs> you your festive spirit to today's podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you, and it is so nice to see you again, Simone, because it has been a long time. And there's so much that's happened in the, well, more than a year now that I can update you about. And I wanted to bring a bit of the festive season and cheer to you. So I put my Santa hat on with my onesie. I might add, because for me, working from home has enabled me to work at my best because I can do it in my pajamas on my onesie, and my brain works better when I'm actually relaxed and sitting in my onesie. So here am I in my onesie and my Santa hat.
0: Owning the whole of it. I'll tell you what was funny. The other week I was, I was heading over to Manchester on a train and it was when we had a little bit of that spat of snow a couple of weeks ago in the storm. And uh, I got to Lime Street station and there was people all over the concourse. And I'm still trying to walk to a train, ignoring the fact that there's people roaming. Anyway, there was a train on the line, so we actually couldn't get anywhere. I talked to one of the uh, the station managers and I said, do you think that train has got any chance of getting to Manchester in the next hour? And he goes, what are you doing, girl? I said, oh, I'm going to a meeting. Um, is it your meeting? And I went, yes, it is my meeting. And he went, go home, get your onesie on and do it from home. Oh, so, you know, I'm there's bad something. Bad. Yeah, productivity yeah, of the onesie. It's all about being yourself, isn't it? Bringing your whole self into
1: your Zoom chat, I think. <laughs> it is. And I, I just, um, you're making me think about a report that I read that there's, um, it was around, that whole thing about returning to work, and that's become an issue for women anyway, because for me, throughout the pandemic, um, those that have, uh, res- well, caring responsibilities, it's not just women, there are men as well, they've benefited from the opportunity to work from home because it's, it's offered that true flexible way of working. And they've proved, in my opinion, beyond doubt that you can trust your employees that let them do their work in a safe, happy environment, and they will deliver. But now what seems to be happening is the bosses are saying, we want you back, and they're using excuses like, well, we think human contact is a good thing Mm. and you should come back. But the tragedy of this is because more women have said, I can't, I need to stay at home and work from home. They're now threatening your career will be affected if you don't come yeah. back into the office. And I, I find that quite shocking and disrespectful because women and men, as I said, have proved beyond doubt that they can sustain working. They can keep businesses alive and they can be trusted. So I really don't understand yeah. why bosses can't get that as a really important thing for them to to continue that success of their business, and they should be happy and pleased about that. I mean, the other part of working from home is another piece of research that I read which might explain it for me that I'm so happy being on my own at home, working from home, and content with that. And I couldn't really understand whether I've turned into a hermit or I'm just a sad, miserable person, or what is it? But this um, a guy from... Uh, it, or we'll call it the black, Asian and minority ethnic community, although that terminology is really dangerous and mm. bad. But he'd written an article and said he'd done some research asking Bain people whether they wanted to go back to work or not into the office. And most people said no. And on asking and exploring why that is the case, they said, well, because when we work from home, we don't have to justify ourselves. And we don't have to listen to the so-called banter that goes on around us and feel exposed to be the only person saying, hang on a minute, you know, that's not acceptable. And so in the confines of your own home or your living room or your mm-hmm. kitchen, you don't have to deal with that. You, and You, you cut out the home. bias, cut it out yeah. the bias from your onesie, right? Yeah, it, it is. And it, it's it makes for a happier working experience. And if you can deliver... In the way that is expected, you know the two things go together for me, and I think that's been a big boost for me. I'm Absolutely. happier doing it from home, and, and I'm not being flippant about cut out the bias from your onesie, but there is
0: actually, a, I kind of not considered that we did a we did a a, a poll which we've talked about on this podcast before, which was asking it was a poll on LinkedIn asking people how they wanted to to work. Uh, in the new world of work. Because I don't subscribe, probably like yourself, Rangana, from what you're saying. I don't subscribe to any of this build back better. I can't bear it. Let's build forward better. Let's build forward. In, you know, we're in, we're in a new world now. We're in a world where we've got to, you know, we've got new restrictions coming to play today, Monday, um, you know, of, of, of yeah. encouraging people to work back from home again. So, you know, it's 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 having that, it's having that sort of sense of trust, I think is a massive thing. But when we asked the survey how people wanted to work back in the summer, it was um it was something like three percent of people um wanted to work in the office five days a week six percent wanted a hundred percent uh five days at home um it was it was 67 percent of people wanted um I think it was one to two days but actually where the real thing came for me was actually in the chat, you know, in the comments, in the comments box was, to be honest, it's none of the above. It's almost all of the above. And I just want pure flexibility. I want flexibility to make that decision because I'm a grown up and I'm part of a team, whether I'm uh, leading a team or being part of a team or, new into a role then I, I want to I want to be able to have that opportunity and I think that was one of the other surveys that we saw with both through poor queens and surveys today but yeah. that was one of the other things was actually um you know um uh, we want to make sure that we we have that that environment that that creates that trust and and creates that you know and this comes down to leadership
1: doesn't it it yeah. comes down to sort of that leadership factor well, if you think about it I mean I started this journey of of challenging um, in 1983 when I first got my job in the local authority as a race equality officer. And I didn't just focus on race. it, It was the whole equality agenda. And one of the things I've always felt very passionate about is flexible working and that it should never really have just been about women. Because if we're living in a world where we're encouraging, and then there's more of them now, young men to be actively part of their family life, then they should be allowed to work flexibly as well. But I couldn't believe the level of resistance that there existed uh, about a request from someone who'd gone off on maternity leave and said, can I come back job share? Can I come back part-time? At that time, we didn't ask that much about, can I just work from home? We could throw that in the mix now, it would be brilliant. But it was amazing to me the level of refusal that came without any real justification, just, well, I had to manage it when I was working, when I had my children, so no, you can't. It wasn't about outputs, it wasn't about the quality of work. So I argued, now you've invested five years into that individual. Why would you want to lose that person and what they bring to the business. So if you can work out a way with them where it's a win-win for you and them, you're going to get more than 100% output because job sharing has proved repeatedly that you get maximum output from the two people because they're so committed. And that exchange of information between them, the business is never in a position where they don't know what those people have been doing because it's formally recorded in handovers. I don't understand why businesses have been resistant. And I think what we're getting now is, um, yeah, we had to let you work from home, but we, don't re- we didn't really want to, but, so we're not going to let you now. And what happens, what's going to happen is they're going to be forced to do it again. And I, I just don't understand why that business element doesn't enter their thinking. <laughs> And I think there's something you know. We talked about sort of different
0: reports and things. It's also at the moment um, there's a. I, I was doing Sky News last week, um, doing the Business Review, which is terrifying, I'm going to say. But I stepped in and did it. And uh, one of the things, one of the topics we are talking about was about recruiters. So recruiters are running out of recruiters. So it's currently a candidates market out there as, as unemployment is 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 lower than it's been in a while. It's a candidate. So you as a candidate, you in the market looking for a role. It's 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 in your gift. You're. It's not about you being sort of um, you presenting well at the interview. It's about the employer. And I think this is where this is where people are going to choose with their feet, aren't they? And think, well, actually, if, if your processes and policies that I'm looking at, if I'm going to come to work for you, am I going to get flexibility? Am I going to get all of those other things we're talking about? Are we going to get a space that I can bring my whole self in, whether I'm a, a parent, whether or not I'm from Um, I've got um, caring responsibilities, whatever it is I'm coming from, are you going to make that easier for me or more accessible for me to to enable me to have that first shot at my career and I think this is where I think and I think you know we had a whole load of things to talk about today and I think one of the things so the big question I think to you is what what do you think are the three things that we can all do and I think that's from businesses to individuals to improve this this landscape um, across Mm -hmm. our you know our, our, our workplace and our diversity and equality across our sectors we can all do something
1: can't we well, we can. And, and we can always start with ourselves. But what tends to happen, we politicise the agenda and use excuses why we can't do the good things. So it, it it's an excuse. To, what they're actually saying is, I don't really understand it. And I don't really know how to find out. So I I'm going to just blame it on it's the government's fault. They didn't give us enough funding to do X and Y, so we can't do it. But For me, where I think the starting point is the executives, whether it's a a charity or whether it's a big multinational or world business, got to start with themselves in that Mm. leadership role. And one of the things that I'm offering to do, which I haven't really launched it because I'm quite happy in my onesie, (laughs) but (laughs) is what I call a safe space opportunity, because I think people are becoming more and more scared about what they can say and what they can't say. Yeah. At one level, they, they know the rhetoric and the, and the executives know not, what not to say. But what they don't know is how to make things a reality. And they're too scared to ask because they think they'll be accused of being something. So they don't engage in it. So my thinking is, look, If we weren't in a pandemic and we weren't socially isolating and all the rest of it, I'd have you in a room together with me over tea, coffee, nice food, you know, and we can... What you have is a platform to ask that very question that you're too scared to say in any other forum. For example, we talked about this a while ago, well, a year ago, about Black Lives Matter. What does that actually mean for us as a business, Mm. What's happened is they might put the logo up saying we support Black Lives Matter, but nothing underneath Mm. it. And that's not necessarily because they hate black people or they're racist. They just don't know how to have that conversation to actually know what that means. So if we're in the world of is it okay to allow uh, people to work from home instead of saying, well, we don't do it that way, that we just we don't work like that we have the conversation, we'll unpick why you think that it might not be a good idea or why it works. Now these safe spaces sessions are not driven as I used to do with training. It's not about training. It's about giving the opportunity for the group to actually say what they're Mm. too scared to say and have that conversation. So I think we start with unpicking conscious or unconscious biases. I don't, and this unconscious bias is an interesting notion, really, because just an aside, those of you that are spending millions bringing in very expensive trainers to do it, just be aware that in employment tribunals and, and cases that I deal with, people are saying, well, if it was unconscious, I didn't know I was doing it, so you can't punish me for it. So you you get stuck in a in a strange environment if that's what you're going to say, being nice to people to say look, we're not going to blame you because we don't think you consciously did it. You did it unconsciously. So let's work with it. They'll just say, well, I, I can't be punished. I can't be given a warning. I can't because I didn't know I was doing it. So I just talk about biases. Let's have those honest, challenging, difficult conversations as a group together and unpick these things. It's your agenda to ask all the things that might be interfering with, how you are running your business or your charity or your public sector organisation. Let's unpick it. Now that takes commitment and investment. And unfortunately, there's too much excuses again. It's COVID. We can't do it. How many times do you get that? We are short of staff due to COVID. Yes, I get that. A lot of people are working from home yeah. and they can work and they can do it. And we can do everything by Zoom. You can have your
0: safe space conversation in you onesie you know what I mean it's 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 that you know you talked about commitment and I know again it's something that we've talked about um in August if I reflect I think we're reflecting probably since our conversation uh and we're rapidly running out of time and I just want to keep going here but we we had a conversation 18 months ago and if you didn't watch it then please we'll put the link in the show notes to Renjana and I's uh webinar our lockdown webinar series um and I think this was just at the advent of the the start of it was just in the wake of the 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 murder of of George Floyd and I I think there was so much conversation about what are we doing, what are we doing, what we doing. And I, and I think um my conversations that I've been having over the last 18 months is about we've got to be deliberate and we've got to be intentional about the action that we take instead of just talking. So I really welcome the safe space opportunity. And I think many of our community will. So I think let's let's reflect and take that forward into 2022. It doesn't start. it's been a very long year, but I also think it's been the shortest of years. I think it's flown by. In August last year, we committed that on this very podcast, 50% of our contributors would be from black, Asian, minority, ethnic communities, but not from a tick box perspective, but what can we bring? What conversations are we going to enable? What conversations are we going to start? What conversations do we want people to join? So we don't ever believe in tick box. Um, we just want the right people to have right conversations and get other people engaged and make it easier than to, in, in, in Northern language, crack on. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I want to I work with you to unpick the narrative to enable the safe space opportunities. I know there'll be lots of people out there on this that will equally want to get involved.
1: So let's, let's, let's take that forward, Ranjana. Yeah, can I, can I just say one thing? I'm, I'm distracting slightly from the conversation, but since I met you, I've now become the board of a charity, the chair of the board of a charity, The Road to Recovery Trust, for people in recovery from addictions. And that's taken me into a whole new arena because I'm not in recovery myself. So I've had to learn about the horrendous stigma that follows people who are trying to get their lives back on track. And we won an award for uh, the Third Sector Award from Woo! Asian <laughs> And we are so proud of that. And we have a a building in George Street in Newcastle, where it we have we brand it as our safe space for anybody who wants to come, particularly those in recovery. And what I've worked on really hard during the lockdowns is making sure we get a diverse board, making sure that we have proper policies and training. I'm practicing now all the things that I've wanted to do for so long, and it can be done. We don't have loads of money. We're not in the big league, but we've got commitment, and people do it because it's the right thing to do, which is what I'd be urging everyone to do. You don't need to say, well, I'll only do it if you pay me to attend a training course. If you believe in it, you'll want to do it because it's the right thing to do. And I think this is so important what you're saying. Just even what you've just
0: said here, as we kind of, you know, we've come to the end of this, this this conversation. I'm so glad that we've we've had this conversation today. But I think one of the things that you've just said there, which are, is my reflection of of the start of this reflection season, is you know you create the safe space to talk about diversity, about racial inequalities, around language. But you've gone away and educated yourself on a on an area of, 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 of the world that is not your lived experience on the road to recovery. So that's my point is, reflecting we can all learn and if we don't know then we need to ask what's the right language what's the right tone what's the right background or way to deal with this so that's my reflection today is that we can all do that and secondly in line with everything we've done around leveling up you know make sure when you're curating those boards that you have all manner of different voices and uh, levels and experience around that table, because everyone can bring something to the conversation. Ranjana, I, I could talk to you to forever. Um, I, I feel like we need another conversation, and it's it's is a mandatory. But you know what? Mm-hmm. But what a really purposeful conversation we're having, and you know, coming into this debate. So please do check out all the information in the in the show notes we'll be back to revisit this let's be back to revisit safe I look space forward
1: to it absolutely uh, and anyone that wants me to come in and do a safe space conversation I'm more than willing to do it
0: brilliant listen you are fantastic thank you so much so much we didn't even go to the conversations we were going to have we just you know we freestyled but that was what this was about was to reflect reflect on on where we've been so thank you for tuning in today please do tell your friends about our podcast because it's about all amazing people we curate and we gather into this space please reach out on socials at north power women on twitter and northern power women on all our other social media drop us a line on the podcast at northernpowerwomen.com Join us next week. We'll be joined by another force of nature for the Northern Power Women community. Please get into your onesies, get your Santa hats on and reflect. And please do keep on listening. This
1: has been a What Goes On Media production. Hello.